I'm saying this to everyone, get on LinkedIn. If you're not on LinkedIn and you're trying to look for leads, you're trying to source leads, I don't know how you're doing it. Please tell me as well because LinkedIn has been a revelation Mm -hmm. in terms of going and sourcing people and finding interesting people, engaging people, and not just for the podcast, but Mm -hmm. for a lot of the interviews that we've done on our website, for a lot of the guest writers who are now coming in and writing for us. We have an academic, for example, she recently wrote a piece for us on sports governance in schools in the UK. You know, I got in touch with her through LinkedIn. So get on LinkedIn find the right people, understand how LinkedIn works, and try to get your leads from there. Have you ever let stress get the better of you? Want to know how to maximize your productivity? My name is Tommy Bowie. Follow me as I deep dive into the minds of successful entrepreneurs and industry professionals on the tools, tips, and strategies they use to overcome stress and boost productivity in their daily lives, especially when the going gets tough and the stakes are high. This is the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. Today's guest is a close friend of mine who has just recently started his venture into business and podcasting. He and three other partners run a sports media company where they create an ecosystem of healthy sporting debate through insightful articles informative podcasts and seamless forums that aim to challenge the meme and rumor-based content culture plaguing the sporting industry and community. Today I have with me Zushan Hashmi. Zushan, thanks for joining me today. How's it going? Good, thanks. Looking forward to having a chat with you, Tommy. Excited to make this podcast happen. One of the reasons why I wanted to speak to you today is because you manage a sports media company, which is Sportageous, with three other partners. And the interesting thing about that is all three of the partners are based in a different city. But before we get into detail about that, I'd like to get to know a bit more about yourself. So what's your origin story? Just, yeah, let me know. Yeah. So honestly, I, I've hopped around quite a bit. Grew up in Dubai. I was born there, lived in Melbourne for a while when I was a kid, moved back to Dubai 2010, I then made my way over to Brisbane to get into university, studied over there, lived there for about four years, jumped over to Sydney, worked there and studied there at the University of Sydney. So I was working in academia, studying as well. And then I took a job in the public sector in Canberra. So that's how I ended up here where I am now. And then obviously come I think it was August last year, myself and the three mates that you touched on, we sort of thought, hey, we're we're all extremely opinionated and we all like sport. Why don't we do something about it? And we initially, I think that's how it goes generally with any sort of startup, which is that we thought, hey, let's do something. Let's start a blog. And very quickly that transitioned over from a blog to a sports media platform. So we obviously have our sports podcast called the Sports Pages Podcast. And then we do all the written and video content on our website and social media. So that's a little bit about me and what I'm doing at the moment. So your three other partners, did you meet during your travels in diff- all the cities or did you connect online? How, how did you guys meet? 
So we were all mates in Brisbane. Yep. We were all studying there. And, you know, after we all sort of moved out and got on with our lives, we kept in touch, like, through WhatsApp and social media, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that's how I met them. We were uni mates, uh, just mates in Brisbane back when, you know, we were little kids, <laughs> if I think about it now. So... Yeah, and, and uh, we just used to keep in touch, had a WhatsApp group, and that's how we then became business partners. Okay, so it sounds as though you guys had a working relationship before you started the, I guess, the blog. But when you first started the blog, were there any intentions of taking it to the next level in terms of partnership and allocating, I guess, work and rate of efforts between the four of you? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, we just thought, like I said, we kept, you know, typing out our opinions on our WhatsApp chat about what's happening in this game, what's happening in the soccer, what are they doing in the cricket, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And we just said, hey, let's write our views, write our opinions, uh, let's make a blog. And everyone has a different skill set. So we were able to utilize that, but we never expected. And I think we're still a little bit, because it's, it's, it's been, what? six six months i think and we're still mm -hmm. a little bit like there is so much going on so no we did not uh, intend for it to grow but i will say i'm glad that it has and how often do you guys schedule meetings just to update each other on what's happening and the forward plan for sportages yeah so look to be honest technology is phenomenal living away from each other and working remotely has its challenges but technology really makes that easy so you know what they say right there's an app for everything nowadays <laughs> mm -hmm. so we literally have an app for everything so we use trello to function all our tasks uh trello's sort of are you familiar with trello yep so that's i guess the board story of managing projects and scheduling is it yeah that's right so it's a bit of like a japanese kanban style software where you can just put up all your tasks in lists move them around once they're done build it up as you like so we do emphasize a lot on trello and then the other way that we chat is through discord and we yeah. have our own discord space um and the community within discord what we do through it is we've got all these different forums essentially or channels as they call them and we communicate with each other, anything comes up, we've gotten so used to it now, we instantly know where to put what, and that's how the conversation continues. So we're always talking via message or voice notes, and then once or twice a week, well, definitely once a week, uh, every weekend, we tend to have a two or three hour chat on Zoom, and we talk via video, and we try to get ahead of all the pressing issues and everything that we have. So. I mean, you have to understand we all work full time as well as running Sportages. So managing all the timings and schedules gets tricky, but we've definitely taken our weekend out to chat and hold a conference meeting. Yep. So I was going to ask about that. So you're all working full time on top of running Sportages. Yeah. Now, how are you coping in terms of time? And, you know, are you feeling the stress or the pressure of having constantly be evolving or growing as a business? Yeah, look, that's a really interesting point. I think we often don't discuss it enough, which is why I really like your platform. It enables 
you know, people to hear about this side of things. And with us, of course, as you mentioned, it's, it's unique because we are doing all these different things. You know, one of, one of my co-founders for Khan, he's, he's even got a daughter and he's married and mm-hmm. he does a full-time job and he's working on Sportages. So it's, it can be hectic, right? Mm-hmm. I think in terms of managing stress, the key is to make sure you have that little bit of time in your schedule every single day where you know that you're not going to look at your phone. You're not going to get some work done. You're just going to go and do something else, whether it's with your mates, your partner, your family, whoever. So it is, or in fact, even your own time, just Mm -hmm. doing, doing your own thing. Right. So that's one aspect of it. I think the other important thing is that you essentially try to always keep shaking up what you're doing. So let's say that, you know, I'm, I'm recording a podcast today with a guest. I'm not going to work on the podcast today itself after that, because I've just, you know, I've had a long day on my nine to five and then yep. I've come, I've come home, I've recorded this podcast, then focusing on the podcast itself. I, at least for me personally, I tend to get tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you're doing the same thing. And it's refreshing when you shake things up and start focusing in another direction. So I'll then perhaps write an article, work with our marketing, with my, with my co-founder, Hassan, who does all our marketing and assist him however I can with social media or perhaps just edit an article a guest writer may have sent or maybe even, um, you know, send out some questions to someone who, an athlete that wants to interview with us. So shaking things up is really important making sure you have that time away where you do your own thing, socializing. I think they're really important, but again, sometimes in spite of all of that, it, it does get uh, overwhelming. I won't lie. Yep. So you touched on the Sportageous podcast. I don't think we've mentioned to the audience that Sportageous has a podcast. Can you just quickly introduce the, the podcast and the intention of the podcast and where you want to take yeah, it? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. So the Sportageous podcast was, again, an idea on a whim where we realized, hey, we love to talk (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we enjoy each other's opinions and what we have to say, but we don't necessarily know if others will. So why not give it a shot? But on a serious note, the Sportageous podcast, essentially what we do is we try to chat with sports professionals, athletes, sports tech founders, people in the sports industry, sports medical professionals, you name it. So we like to sit down and talk to, I would summarize it as sports professionals Mm -hmm. and talk to them about their careers, talk about things like the struggles that take place behind that almost facade of glory and guts where you know all the hard work Mm -hmm. goes in how for example let's take a physio a sports physiotherapist who has to spend hours and hours working with athletes who are going through a tough time how that may take a toll on them or an athlete who suffered from severe injuries which has stopped them from competing for years and how they've overcome that or in fact not overcome that and haven't been able to continue their careers. I mean, both sides exist, right? We just hear about the positive ones. We don't always hear about the negative ones. So bringing that out, but then also talking a little bit about things outside of sport, getting to know the guests a bit better, 
So we did a podcast with this, um, arguably the most famous street soccer or street football player, Edward Van Gill. So he's, uh, he's in FIFA 2020 and mm-hmm. all of that. And, you know, I went into this podcast thinking, this guy, this guy's heavy. He's all tattooed up. And, you know, I'm, I, what am I going to talk to him about? But I kid you yeah. not, the moment I spoke to this guy, the things I found out about his life, the things I found out about the work that he's done and the work that he does with the vulnerable youth and kids on the street and using football or soccer to sort of allow these kids like lift them lift their spirits get them out of poverty or difficult lives that means everything to us at sportages that sort of story and that's what we try and bring in I, I know that was a bit of a lengthy explanation but i hope that sort of makes sense for the listeners yep so initially you wanted to get an insight on the behind the scenes the support network that is around the professional athlete how would you describe the types of guests that you're connecting with now and was it the intention of the podcast or is it an i guess an ever evolving concept yeah absolutely so it is definitely evolving you know we're over a dozen episodes in almost 20 episodes i believe we've talked to ask professional athletes from let's say so obviously i said soccer football but also cricket and also field and track we've got some really good stuff coming out on that we've talked to olympians um we've talked to people in sports administration sports consultancy so we didn't want to limit it i guess uh if that Mm -hmm. makes sense we wanted to keep it broad so one because i think the best way personally for me has been to learn is to go with it and do it and that's how you're going to come out of it better so by doing this, I've realized, you know, what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong at Sportages and how that will grow and how that will change. So we realized that, you know, 30 episodes will be the cap off for our first season of the Sportages podcast. And after that, you know, we're going to go have a rethink, utilize the lessons that we learned from the first season of the podcast to come out with something even better and more exciting that our listeners will hopefully appreciate even more. So it's definitely ever evolving. I don't think that, well, I think, I don't think that you can stop it from evolving because if Mm -hmm. you're doing that, then you sort of run out of the creativity, if that makes sense. So, you know, you need to make sure that it's growing, it's changing, it's innovative. That's key. But then at the same time, you need to be able to put on the limits and go, can I really talk to someone about this or learn about this when I know nothing about it necessarily and do my listeners and the people who appreciate what we're doing really want to hear about this? So there are a couple of key things, but yeah, to answer your question, it's definitely evolving continuously. Yep. So let's talk about the lessons learned. As you know, podcasting is a new venture of mine as well. And for the audience that are listening, in the past 20 episodes that you've carried out, what would be a key lessons learned that you can advise or let the audience know and help me as well on my own journey of podcasting? Sure, sure. So first things first, unfortunately for you and I, Tommy, we live in Australia. <laughs> yep. I mean, fortunately, 
because it's a beautiful country. But unfortunately, when you're trying to get guests to come and chat on your podcast, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make sure you get your timings right. Get on, I, get on Calendly get people to book in the right times, make sure you're not talking to somebody expecting them to be on the East coast of America when they're on the West coast, because that's a time difference. And it's a significant one. We even have to deal with that domestically. Well, if someone's in Western Australia and we, we are not, then the times are different. So that's really, really important. I guess at the first level to book in a time with your guest at, appropriately and make sure that it's correct i think the second thing is guys i'm saying this to everyone get on linkedin if you're not on linkedin and you're trying to look for leads you're trying to source leads i don't know how you're doing it please tell me as well because linkedin has been a revelation Mm -hmm. in terms of going and sourcing people and finding interesting people engaging people and not just for the podcast but Mm -hmm. for a lot of the interviews that we've done on our website for a lot of the guest writers who are now coming in and writing for us we have an academic for example she recently wrote a piece for us on sports governance in schools in the uk you know i got in touch with her through linkedin so get on linkedin find the right people, understand how LinkedIn works and try to get your leads from there. I think that's also really important. And then as for the process of recording podcasts, I think it's really important that you try and record several podcasts in a short period of time. So let's say, you know, if you do five or six in two weeks, then yep. you, create, you create a backlog for yourself. And personally, what I think is once you have that backlog of episodes, it is a lot easier for you to pre-plan for episodes ahead, determine what you want to release and when you want to release it. Like we, we've had a 30-episode uh, season, which we're going to have. We've already booked out the dates of the podcast and already scheduled it accordingly so that my co-founder, Hassan, when he knows, he knows, okay, this week, this podcast is going to come out. So I've just got to do this work on the social media and through the channels that we're going to get it out on. So, you know, it's that, it's that standard cliche, but it really does mean something when they say plan, you know, make sure you plan, make your lists, all that sort of stuff. So that is absolutely important when it comes to recording a podcast. And last thing for me that I've found to be good in terms of asking the right questions is ideally don't write down a list of questions because as you know, Tommy, like it's not a, an interview, right? We're having a chat. So if you want it to feel like an interview, then what's unique about the podcast, you want it to feel like a conversation. At least we do at Sportasius. I'm sure, you know, when you listen to more and more podcasts, there's, there's like a, whole barrage of various different ways and how people host their podcasts. But ideally from what I understand and have gauged from listeners and myself personally is that conversation is always more interesting than an interview like traditional media or traditional radio. So right, perhaps study up the person or find out some information, go ahead and ask them. It's okay. They're not going to be like, Hey, I'm not going to give you, any details about me because they're going to be on your show. So feel free 
to get a bit of an understanding. And I would rather say than writing questions, write a draft set of guidelines on how you want the conversation to go, because it's always going to change mid-conversation. You may pick up a point at this very moment while we're talking, Tommy, and go like, man, I was going to ask that, but now I'm going to ask this because he raised an interesting point. So I think those are the three or four key things that I've learned so far on the podcast journey. It's pretty funny that you say that because in front of me on my computer screen, I got about, I think, 10 to about 10 to 15 questions ready to ask you. But you yeah. know, other than the first question, I don't think I've, I've asked anything that's on the list. So yeah. thank you for that tip. I want to go back and talk about LinkedIn and yeah. how Sportageous is using it as a business to business platform. Yeah. And you're seeing success on that platform. Are you guys on any other social media platforms or mediums that you guys are focused on? Oh, absolutely. So we are on Instagram, we are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, and we are also on TikTok. So I think that covers everything. We're not on Snapchat. I know, I, I don't know. Uh, it's never really been my thing. And, you know, we've got a lot to focus on. And our social media guru, Hassan, just sort of goes, yeah, we don't need that at this point. But we are on all the other platforms for sure. And each one has a very different purpose, like you sort of touched on. So LinkedIn, yes, is very much that B2B. I'll come back to talking about LinkedIn in a bit of detail. Let me just run you through each yep. platform. Instagram is very much image content, a little bit of video. We personally use it as a brand building space. So just raise awareness of what we're doing, yep. get it out there, publicize it, bring in people who may then go to our website or listen to our podcast or hear our stories. Um, it's also great for engaging, for example, in our case with athletes, because you don't often get a lot of athletes on LinkedIn you'll get a lot more entrepreneurs and that sort of stuff. So mm -hmm. it's good from that perspective, definitely. But obviously on Instagram, until you don't have a certain amount of followers, you can't really share links. And, you know, that, that, is, their, that is how their system works. It's, it incentivizes you to sort of work harder and get up there. I think, you know, that we recently had the hiding of likes in Australia on Instagram. So you can't see how many people have liked the post, which is fantastic for self-esteem because it's been impacting so many children and people and they obsess over the likes. So that, in my personal opinion, has been a great thing that, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and those guys have done on Instagram. Coming to Facebook, Facebook is where all of our website content goes up as a priority. So, you know, if we've got an article we'll put it up on Facebook. If we've got a video that we've done, we'll put it up on Facebook. The podcasts will go up on Facebook. They will be put onto groups, areas, niches that are relevant to us. They get to touch on to these things and read about them, see them. And that's where we gain a lot of the traction to our content, more so than just, you know, images for brand and publicizing. And Honestly, TikTok is still very new. We're still getting a sense of it from what I understand. Mm -hmm. At the moment, it's literally just a place where we reshare interesting extreme sports content. So things like climbing, uh, skateboarding, 
biking, parkour, that sort of stuff. That's what we put there. And we're using it as a platform at this point. Again, similar to Instagram, but very much for videos as a public, like publicizing, build, uh, building a bit of a base and that sort of stuff. So each platform is very different. Twitter is where we're sort of live tweeting during sports games, interesting discussions on sport. That's where everything happens. It's all on Twitter. So we've got the Women's T20 World Cup in cricket going on in Australia. That's where we put everything up in regards to that. So if there's a game going on, whatever's happening in the game, we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. We're you know retweeting interesting tweets on it, communicating with other people. So I think that's how we've segment, segmented each social media for a different purpose. Coming back to LinkedIn, as you asked, I think it is phenomenal. So I'll give you an example. I went to Dubai uh, for a bit of a holiday uh, because as I mentioned in the start, that's where I grew up. And I got on LinkedIn and I just put up a post saying, hey, I'm in Dubai. Uh, I want to meet some sports professionals. I want to have some conversations, maybe some athletes, maybe some entrepreneurs. And thanks to that, at this point, you know, we've done, I got to go and meet one of the top Emirati climbers mm-hmm. through that. I met a guy who runs a huge sports streaming platform who we're currently working with on some exciting news content that hopefully we'll be announcing soon. So LinkedIn enables you to do that if you're finding the right people on it. And to do that, you need to understand what the top hashtags are relevant to your field and get on it and get busy and start talking and get active and you will meet people i think from the 30 guests we've had maybe 27 are from linkedin on our podcast so i think that says it there that if you engage on linkedin you will find the people that you need to and want to find to do business with or whatever so it may be now in terms of managing those social media platforms and mediums is that, say, a shared responsibility between the partners or has, has people have their own respective mediums to kind of push for or study about? I think it's a bit of both because that's obviously the side of things that Hassan, my co-founder, manages. He's, he's our social media guru. So he does all of that. And yes, we do have individual areas that we perhaps emphasize, but it's very much a shared duty because... As a startup, I don't think you can be doing one solo thing. It's got to be a range of different stuff and you've got to be on board with everything. So we're often working on it together, which again means that through Discord and other forms of technology, we are constantly updating each other so that there are no double ups or anything of that sort. So yeah, absolutely. I think it's definitely a, a mix of all of us sharing responsibility, but with Hassan taking the lead as as the sort of expert in that area. Yep, fantastic. Let's talk about challenges. Yeah. Um, you have four partners, I guess, and the intention is to take Sportages to the next level. And with that comes the hiring of more staff. Has there been any discussions about interns, staff members, and, and how you guys would approach that? Yeah, yeah. So at the moment, we have a couple of interns working with us. And again, they work remotely as well because that is the model that we have at the moment and Mm -hmm. they're a big help i think without them a lot of the you know going into the nitty-gritties and getting some of the 
essential stuff that you need to put time on, but you just cannot, such as proofreading your articles, making sure there are no errors on your website, doing a lot of the admin work. These guys do an awesome job. So definitely the interns are there in terms of hiring people as a platform. I think we do still need to grow a little bit more before we can consider that. Mm -hmm. And at the moment we are just about managing the load ourselves. So we would perhaps want to spend that money in other areas. So we are talking about it, but it's nowhere near being established if I'll be completely honest with you. But you know, it, I feel with the trajectory that we're going in hope and, and I'd like to hope that we would get there eventually where that does become an issue and a challenge for us. Yeah. And has there been discussions about, or is there any intentions of renting an office space, getting all the, the founders together and pushing it forward? Or is the sportageous business model one that allows for, you know, that remoteness in your work? Yeah, look, I mean, there are some exciting things that I can't unfortunately talk about at the moment, but the model does suit us at this point. However, considering the things that we are working on ourselves and with some other uh, organizations, that may not always be the case. Mm -hmm. At the moment, there's no plan, but you know, it's, it's, again, it's sort of that evolution that you talked about earlier and that gradual process where now we're thinking, should we do a monthly meet in one of the cities that we're based in each month or yep. every other month so that we can all sit down, spend a whole couple of days or three days to talk and, you know, strategize and build up what we're doing. So that is definitely under discussion now. And we've started doing it. So if I go to Sydney, which, as you know, is not too far away from Canberra, it's a two and a half hour drive. Mm -hmm. I try to meet one of the co-founders whenever I can. I went to Brisbane recently, met another co-founder. So we're always trying to find opportunities where we can meet because no matter what you say, and you know, even though I've said it, like technology is great and it's really helpful, it'll never bring that person to person element in the same way as when you're with them physically. So that is definitely a challenge, but so far we've been doing it really well with strict deadlines, schedules, and the likes. In regards to the conversation before about planning and batch recording your episodes and, and making yeah. sure that you have a backlog ready to go, that's fantastic because it removes the pressure of having to find an interview or a guest at the very last minute. So in terms of the Sportageous podcast and where you want to take it in the future, have you already started planning for a season two? Yeah. So I think it's more of just ideas being thrown around at this point because we have a lot of time. The podcast is, you know, just it's, it's still got quite a few weeks left, as I mentioned. So we have a lot of time and then there's going to be a gap. You don't like, we don't intend to release season two immediately. Mm -hmm. So there are just ideas being thrown around about, what direction we want to take it in. We, what, I think there are two components to it. One with a podcast, you've got to enjoy what you talk, what you're talking about with the guests. So are we necessarily enjoying everything that we're doing? And then the second element is, are the listeners enjoying what we're talking about? And does it sort of gauge their interest? Does it make them want to come back and listen to more? 
of what we have to offer. So there are a few things that we're throwing around at this point, but I think those discussions will start very soon in the next month or so because, uh, you know, we do, like you said, we want to get ahead of it and stay on top of it. Yeah, you mentioned that it's about enjoying what you do and to take it from there. Has this venture in the past six months exactly what you expected it to be in terms of enjoyment or fulfillment? Because I know that you, you're still working a full-time job. So yeah. is this something that you can look back on and say, you know, we've ventured into the unknown and this is what I've gotten out of it? Oh, absolutely. I think it's far surpassed what I ever thought it would be, as I yep. mentioned earlier, but even in terms of the excitement and enjoyment, I never thought prior to this that I would come home and be excited and psyched to work on something else, you know? Yep. It's very much a passion project for all of us, just because of the essence or the mission of it, which is that we are sort of fighting that rumor and meme-based culture that is plaguing the sports media industry. And there are so many stories within sports, stories of women, stories of people of color, stories of athletes who struggle from injuries, whether physical or mental, stories of people who have literally had to give up on their careers, stories of sports in parts of the world that we don't necessarily ever get to hear about in Australia. And I think the exciting thing about that is every time I start to work on Sportages, I learn something new. So my other co-founder, Furkan, he is, well, I like to call him the app master (laughs) because I never knew that there were so many apps that existed for so many things prior to starting this journey. Like, I'm sure you, like, I know that you're probably familiar with this as well, Tommy, being, you know, an entrepreneur yourself, but there's an app for everything, no matter what it is. Like I said, if you want to book, you know, you use Calendly, book your schedule. We use Trello. We use Discord. We use social media apps to ease our social media use. You know, we're using um, a range of different things to make things easier for us, but at the same time, also learning. So a lot of what I get out of this then also complements my day job and vice versa. So absolutely loving it. It's far beyond our expectations. This project has been phenomenal and I'm really excited with what we have coming up ahead. It's great that you mention apps and how we can help make your jobs easier. As entrepreneurs, we're managing our entire business as the one or the, the four partners. So we, we need to manage a lot of different types of aspects and have the required skills to do that. In terms of where you see yourself in the next 12 months, have you already started planning for that and dis- discussed it with the, the partners? Yeah, absolutely. Look, we, we have a base plan and I think every, every uh, startup, organization, whatever so it may be, no matter what stage you're in, with your business needs to have that and have a rough idea at the least of where you want to go and leave all this space in the middle to maneuver around and try and figure out how you're going to get there. And that how you can really only control 
so much because there's always going to be elements that you have not expected or were not expecting to you know appear mm -hmm. and because of that i think yes we have a plan it's a rough plan uh we know where we want to be we know what we want to do uh, sorry we know how we want to do it but we don't necessarily know what we are going to do to get there because that keeps evolving so it may be yep. that you know we're recording this like uh, we're recording this portageous podcast on 30 episodes and at the moment we're like a season two with 30 episodes but then we go hey you know what we think a 10 episode podcast season would be more effective because of so and so so that completely changes so yes we have those rough goals and aims of you know having that season two of the podcast these are the sort of articles we want to do this is the series of articles that we have coming up these are the athletes that we're going to chat to in written form these this is the sport that we want to cover and so and so but obviously you can never completely have a holistic understanding of how things will turn out so how many hours do you think you're doing roughly do you track your hours worked yeah sure so yeah there there we have an app for that of course for example maybe the listeners would know about apps like Zapier, Hubstaff, Timely. Yep. So we've used a bunch of those to determine our hours. Mm -hmm. And like I said, apps make your life easy. Uh, look, in all honesty, I, I easily do 40 to 50 hours a week, okay. if not more, on Sportageous, without a doubt. So this is after my 35 to 40 hours of my day job. Yep, yep. wow. Yeah. Put another 40 to 50 hours in, yeah. If you're doing... 70 to 80 hours a week are you feeling burnt out or starting to feel any stress in terms of due to all that extra hours yeah um look uh, absolutely i think one of the key things is that i love doing what i do i think all of us love the work that we do with sportages and the sort of outcomes that we get from it yep. not just for ourselves but the stories that we're able to bring out and also the things that inspire our audience and you know our customer base yep so that definitely makes it easier because you know i have that passion for the work that we do at sportages absolutely though i think i wouldn't uh, there have been moments where i have almost burnt out or burnt out but thankfully and i think this is a great thing which every organization needs to have and i'm so glad that there's a larger emphasis on this now wherever you work particularly here in australia which is you know if you're unwell if you're going through something be it physical or mental or you have something on with your family or some personal issues to deal with yep. we are understanding of each other so if one of my co-founders says hey so like i said one of my co-founders has a daughter and he goes hey you know she's sick at the moment or you know, I need to take care of her. I am more than happy to take up his work in the time that he's got to go to do that and vice versa. So if I'm sick, someone else will cover for me or I'll make up for it later. As long as you have that relationship with your teammates and your co-founders where they're understanding of each other and understanding of you and what you're dealing with, it makes a huge difference. And that's definitely how we deal with burnout. 
And again, I think what I touched on earlier in the podcast is that you need to block out that time where you do something away from the work that you're doing or the business that you're running. When it comes to blocking out time in your schedule, a lot of people forget to block out time just for yourself, just so you can make sure that mentally you're in the, the right headspace and you can rewind you know, in terms of that leisure time and bounce back or make sure that you're not burnt out. So Zushan, a little bit more about yourself as well. Have you ever worked in the, the sports space prior to venturing into Sportagious? And in your current full-time job, is there any relation to sport? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question, mate. No, no, no. No to both questions, actually. I've never worked in sports in any shape or form before. I am a huge sports fan, which is why, obviously, this came in to becoming what it is, Sportagious as a startup. I play sports, so I'm, I'm an avid climber. I do a lot of climbing love to do that. I've played a lot of basketball growing up, a lot of soccer, football, and cricket. So team sports and individual sports. I do a lot of skateboarding. In fact, when I was living in Brisbane, my skateboard was my means of transport everywhere when I was back in my undergraduate at university. So everyone knew me as that one brown dude who was skating around the campus. (laughs) But yeah, so... Definitely haven't been in the sports space before. My day job has got nothing to do with sports. I work in the policy space. I write as well. That is one definite interchangeable skill, which I can then transfer over. But a lot of the background into the writing side of things has come from my work in academia prior to my current job and Sportagis. So I used to work for Sydney Uni as a researcher for the Department of Government and IR and I was doing work on various things within South Asian and Middle Eastern politics. So I had the, I was fortunate enough to write a lot on politics and foreign policy for various international newspapers, things like the Huffington Post and the Daily Telegraph and that sort of stuff locally in Australia as well. So a range of things, you know, from ethnic conflicts between Afghanistan and Pakistan, the relationship and the influence of colonialism in South Asia, the Gulf states of the um, Middle East, and then in particular, the story of the Cameliers in Australia and their ethnic roots and what they got up to when they came here and helped assist the helped assist with basically tending to the camels that enabled the white Australians at the time or the Europeans to then search through and figure out and understand Australia as a country. So I've done a range of different things, but no, I've never worked in sport before. But to be honest, it does very much feel like a natural fit because of the knowledge that I myself have and my co-founders have and the ability to write and create content um, because I used to do a lot of hip-hop music. So that content creation thing has come through that. So absolutely don't have that sort of experience as a sports professional prior to this, but a lot of the skills that I've gained over my career are interchangeable with what I do 
at Sportages and as a fan of sport, both watching and playing yep. and understanding the power of sport in bringing together people and communities and lifting people out of poverty and difficult situations, that makes it worth it. And that makes me love what I do. Yeah, but I guess that's great to hear that you've been able to take on the skills that you've built up in terms of writing and content creation and transferred it to a new side of the industry and one that you're actually enjoying at the moment. Dushan, I think that's all we have time for today. But before we go, I have one last question. I just wanted to ask you what currently keeps you up at night? And if there's one thing you're excited about in the next 12 months, what would it be? Ooh, it's, it's these direct the double ones. Double question, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's these direct ones that are always tricky. <laughs> so one thing that keeps me up at night, look, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I sleep pretty well. I, I don't have trouble, thankfully, getting sleep. I am confident in the ability of my partners in the business in case I'm not able to do something. And I feel like when I'm going to bed, it's time for me to switch off. And I, fo- I don't focus on Sportages as much. If something does trouble me at night, it's probably the eternal question of how I'm going to find more time to do something. Uh, mm-hmm. But overall, I'm pretty happy with the fact that I sleep well and don't have too much troubling me what was the second part of the question sorry just one thing that you're excited about in the next 12 months that you can mention to the audience oh sure it's it's a i guess it's a culmination of several things as one thing within sportages which is that we have some amazing amazing discussions and incredible conversations interviews and content with incredible athletes and sports professionals coming out soon over the next 12 months some really really amazing incredible big names of people who everyone i'm sure would love to hear about and learn from just as we are learning and have heard from so that combined together is definitely the one thing that i'm looking forward to the most in the next 12 months Fantastic. And I hope we get the opportunity in the next six months or 12 months to catch up and just to see how Sportageous is going and how that business and your partnerships have evolved. Zushan, thank you so much for joining me today. For anyone who wants to find out more about Sportageous, I'll make sure to have the links down in the show notes below. Zushan? Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Tommy. Absolute pleasure being on your podcast, mate, and looking forward to hearing more of the content that you come out with on the podcast because I've had such a such a fantastic time. Thanks a lot. There you have it, guys. Thank you for tuning into the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast with me, your host, Tommy Bowie. If you like what you've heard today, please make sure you subscribe to our show and share this podcast with your friends. Leave us a review so that we can take on your comments, grow with you as a channel, and keep providing you quality, stress-free content. If you have a story to tell or just want to say hi, drop me an email on hello at thestresslessentrepreneur.com. I'll catch you all on the next episode.